0: Hey guys, my name is Earl, born in Zimbabwe and now a Mexican resident. Welcome back to another episode of the Muses Mokuba podcast. The purpose of this channel is to inspire you to recognize that the creative source of the universe is within you. My journey has taken me worldwide and fed my hunger for travel. I have a thirst for spirituality, self-empowerment and magic. I have discovered the tools needed to access my truth buried deep within and the courage to speak it to the world. I'll also share my personal stories of breaking my codependent patterns to inspire you. Our frequency brought us together to support one another during this magical time of empowerment. So if you're ready to break through to the next level, open your mind, open your soul and surrender to your divine self. Let's get started. Hi guys, today is Monday the 29th of August and I'm sitting in the studio in my home. It is definitely getting cooler as we approach winter. By no means is it cold, it's still about 30 degrees, it's just gone 11am in the morning. So today I wanted to come on and talk about rituality. And rituals and ceremonies. I've been doing a lot of these over the last few years and after the recent new moon ritual that I just did on Saturday evening I thought today was the perfect time to come on and share some of my knowledge with you about rituals. Rituality has never been more important than now as technology rises our attention spans are under attack and shrinking. The world is in desperate need of rituals and a spiritual connection. So whether you're gathering the evidence that you've supported, that you loved and that you're on the right path, or you're simply looking to change the way your body feels or looks in the mirror, this is a powerful show for you. So I'm going to start off with how I start my day every morning. I wake up naturally, I do not have an alarm clock, I had an alarm clock for years when I worked in the yachting industry and then of course when I worked in London and Ireland in PR. So it's refreshing not having an alarm clock. And it's quite funny because I remember all those years in yachting, the alarm would go off at 4 5 o'clock in the morning whenever I needed to get up and I would dread it and I'd lie in bed just thinking and wishing about the day where I wouldn't have to wake up with an alarm. However now that i can get up and sleep in and do whatever i want on my own time i naturally wake up at around five or six o'clock in the morning so there's something kind of nice about that my it's kind of it's obviously my circadian rhythm and i seem to wake up with sunrise and i really like going to bed just after sunset obviously in summer when the sun sets at seven thirty, that's probably a little bit early but as soon as But as soon as it starts getting darker, and I light my candles in the evening, I really enjoy winding down my evening. So every morning I wake up naturally as I said, I've got three kittens and they are the life and soul of the house and they sort of come in their own way and wake me up. I've got Shanti who kind of suckles on my right ear every morning, it's so bizarre. She's done that from the minute I got her really when she was a month old and she still does that. That's that's her little wake up. You know, that's how she wakes me up. I call them her little kitten kisses. Then I've got Ayahuasca who comes and her meow is so loud and boisterous. She's a little girl, but she when she meows, it actually sounds like she's saying mom and she's like, mom, mom. <laughs> so she's she's the wild one. She's my little honey. And then I've got a new addition to the family who I adopted or rescued about uh, two months ago and her name, I called her Jatem, and she has the softest, most peculiar meow I have ever heard. So at different stages of the morning, I get these three kittens, not all at the same time and they jump on me and that's their way of like waking me up and I cannot think of a better way to wake up in the mornings. So when I get up, I go to my bathroom and I brush my teeth. That's the first thing I do in the morning, brush my teeth, brush my hair, go to the loo, and then I make my way downstairs. And of course, I've got the three kittens with me, following me, watching me brush my teeth, watching me on the toilet, and um, and then they follow me downstairs. I get the kittens fed, I open up the house, Uh, I always put on my playlist. I've got a YouTube playlist with beautiful, mostly Icarus music, which is just beautiful. I'm really into Sam Garrett and Molly Mendoza, and uh, I put that on. And then I light my incense. I absolutely love incense, and it's just an automatic thing I do every morning. I light the incense. I plug in the coffee machine, and I get that going, and then I feed the cats And then while the incense is burning and I am waiting for the coffee to brew, I burn my sage and I start smudging. I absolutely love the smell of this. It is divine. So almost every indigenous culture around the world has some kind of smudging practice where they work with fire and they work with burning different sacred herbs and plants. When you go to Catholic mass, for example, they're burning frankincense and Jesus, the wise men, brought him gold, frankincense, and myrrh. So that tells you how important those two other resins were right up there with gold. And so the Native Americans, they use a lot of this that I'm burning now. This is the white sage. And then they also use a lot of cedar as well to burn. Everything you burn has a different function. It plays a different role. They've done studies and it actually releases negative ions, which, you know, clears your head and brings you into the present moment and into a meditative state. It makes you feel good. And certain things that you burn are more grounding and anchoring. Other things like frankincense connect you to higher realms and really tap you in. I don't burn frankincense, I've got the essential oil and I often dab it on my third eye, especially when I'm going into meditation or a Reiki session. So we basically use sage and, you know, frankincense and myrrh and cedar to move energy. So whenever you're feeling stuck or depressed or upset, it helps move out that funky energy. Whatever those feelings are that are no longer serving you. Or if, for example, you have prayers, then we focus our intention towards the fire or the flame, the candle, the light. And we use that cedar to amplify and send off those prayers. So every morning, once the incense is going, which sort of sets the mood, um, and often when I light the incense, I will say, this is for Christian, or this is for mum, or this is for granny, or whoever I want to talk to and connect with in that very moment, that particular day, I will always send my intention in the incense that I'm lighting to that person on the other side. And then I light my sage and start the smudging process. And I basically just sort of sage myself, even though I haven't gone out from the night before and I'm in bed, you know, I've just woken up from my dreams, I still like to shift any energy that no longer serves me or that might not be mine. Because even though I haven't gone out and interacted or been social with other people, energy is still energy, it can still flow to me. And if someone has had thoughts about me you know across the world in their dreams or if they're thinking about me or anyone that might be sending negative or ill intentions that energy will still find its way to me and that's how we get corded and stuff that's a whole nother podcast so I like to start my morning with smudging myself so once I've smudged myself and I've shifted whatever energy that does not belong to me um, I've obviously got all the doors open. It's very important that when you're saging and smudging, that the doors are open because you want that energy to leave. I often, you know, see my friends saging at home and all the doors are closed. That's not going to work because you're going to keep that negative, you're moving that energy, but it's stuck, it's not going anywhere. So it's very, very important that your windows and doors are open so the energy can flow out. And then what you do, so at this stage, I, my coffee is ready. I've saged myself. I sit down, I've got my playlist on at the moment, as I said, Sam Garrett, Molly Mendoza, phenomenal. And uh, now that it's getting a little bit cooler, I can sit outside on my patio. It's been, it's ridiculously hot in Mexico. Even at like 8 a.m. in the morning, I'm sweating. So I usually sit inside with the fan on, all the doors open. And that's when I do my meditation and set my intentions and have my coffee. But now that it's getting cooler, I've got a beautiful little space and I sit outside and with my coffee and I will think about my intentions and uh, possibly say a few affirmations either out loud or I will put an affirmation playlist on for example, I can do that as well. And after I've set those intentions or said the affirmations, I then connect telepathically which is one of my new favorite things is to send messages about people or well, for people telepathically, and I've really been playing around with this, and it's really been working, beautifully so. Obviously good intentions and good thoughts, and I will think about someone and go, I'm wondering how are you doing, and next thing I will get a voice message from them, or my phone will ping, I'll have a text, something along those lines. Um, I then, while I'm having my coffee in the morning, before I go into my meditation state, I I listen to the voice messages from my friends around the world, Uh, I've got a lot. So I sit and I listen to the messages and then I send messages back. So I'm like connecting with my friends, I live on my own here in Mexico, I don't speak the language, it's me and three cats at the best of times. So I like to connect in and tap in with my friends globally in the morning first thing so after that i would usually go inside and get ready for the pool and every morning i go to my swimming pool it's uh, 15 meters long and i do at least 10 laps a day and i call these my gratitude laps so i get in the water and i just as i'm swimming doing the 10 laps I'm just giving thanks and gratitude for anything, whether it's the beautiful weather, the beautiful home I live in, my friends, my health, the abundance that flows towards me, the love that I'm feeling, uh, anything that I'm grateful for. Uh, my senses, my limbs, every like anything and everything. And um, yeah, I call them my gratitude laps, and absolutely love it. I love swimming, and it's a beautiful way to start my day. So after the lapse, I will come inside and I usually make a juice. So I love my celery juice in the morning. Um I usually and green juices basically. I have a lot of cucumber, apple, kiwi, celery, um, and then you know I've got the berries as well, so I mix it up, but I, I'm loving my cucumber cucumber, kiwi, celery, lime, apple juices in the mornings. So I usually kick off with that while I'm still in my cosy. And once I've had my juice, I then go upstairs and have a shower. Um, And while I'm in the shower, I use that opportunity to do my chakra meditation. So I go through the chakras, the different colors and the chakras, and I literally have a chakra bath or chakra shower every morning. And I just think of like literally going through each level of my chakras and ask, you know, and open up the chakras and send in good energy and get rid of anything, you know, shift any energy that no longer serves me. So once I've had my shower, then I get ready and that's when I start my day. And being a Virgo, I am a list girl. So I've got post-it notes everywhere and I love to make lists and tick things off. I'm very visual. I like to see things um, you know quite tangible, visible, I like to see it and tick things off so for every project it's nice to put a cross through it in the diary. So I sit down at my computer and I get started with my day doing websites, graphic design, the podcasts and when I'm feeling really creative I don't force it but some days I feel like very creative and I feel that I've got this creative energy that just needs to explode out onto my canvas Then I'll sit down and I'll do a resin painting. But I never force it. I never schedule time for art or for my creativity. That just has to flow. Same with my podcasts. Last year, I was sort of forcing myself to do it every Monday or every whatever day I selected a day. And for me, that just wasn't working. It wasn't flowing. Some days, I can't stop talking. I feel more chatty. And other days, I don't want to say a word. So I prefer to do it on, you know, I prefer to ad lib it and sort of, I do it on my own time. When I'm feeling like talking, and when I feel like there's a message that I need to get out there, that's when I will go and go to my studio and sit down, like I am today, and share my and share my stories. So, what exactly is a ritual? I'm sure you know we've all heard this word, but. Um, imagine there's a few people out there that don't actually know what a ritual is and what it involves. It's not something overly woo-woo or kooky. You don't sit around a fire and sing kumbaya. Uh, you, don't have to be, you don't have to go off to a ceremony to do a ritual. A ritual is, as I define it, it's anything that you do where you do it with complete awareness. Where we have awareness, we are breeding and cultivating consciousness. So you can actually systematically increase your consciousness. You can actually take your present awareness and the way you think to another level, like a higher vantage point. It's like being on a tree and going a few branches up where you have a different vantage point of your life. And that's what rituals do. And anything can be a ritual. Your smoothie in the morning, your cup of coffee, your gratitude lapse, your meditation time. A ritual is the opposite of habitual That is something you're doing unconsciously. Routines are habitual. So something you're just doing because your parents did it and everybody else did it, it's something that you're actually doing unconsciously is habitual and a ritual is something that you're doing consciously. I consciously go to my meditation mat, light my incense, light my candles, sit there, put my music on and go into meditation. That is a ritual. And a big part of a ritual is about using our voice. It's actually speaking our truth. There's something magical that happens with our voice and the frequency and vibration when we speak things out loud, whether that's through mantra or chanting. And our mantra or chanting means those are words or sounds that are repeated to aid the concentration of a meditation. So whether it's a mantra or chanting or daily affirmations to set our intentions, but speaking something out loud affects the frequency and vibration. And so speaking out loud really catapults that intention into existence. It fast tracks the manifestation. Rituals are basically your catalyst for change. And we all know that when we change something within ourselves, we are clearing the karma forwards and backwards. And what I mean by that is there are two documented studies now where they have taken tissue out of a human body. They've put it in a test tube, did deep clearing emotional work that changed that person down to their DNA. And then they go back and they check the tissue in the test tube and it's also changed the tissue in the tube, even though the tissue was taken out before the work was done on that person. Two documented cases. So we know that when we change really, really deep down, first of all, we're changing our DNA, our genes. This is epigenetics, it's proven. So of course, we would ma- it would make sense that it would be going backwards to our parents, our grandparents, or great-grandparents, ancestral stuff. And also you can see changes in your children's lives or the people you surround yourself with. And last Wednesday I had another session with my beautiful friend Jen that lives in Michigan. I've had her on the podcast last year where we spoke about her emotion and body code treatments and the amazing heart wall work that she does. So I've been doing this work regularly with Jen and I've seen a phenomenal change and shift in myself over the last year that we've been working on myself and last Wednesday she did a treatment on me we cleared I think it was four heart walls we went back a few generations and we went back a few well a decade and a bit to my 20 something me and we shifted and cleared a lot of stuff uh, we also did some cord cutting and I think she, we removed cords from four or five different people, and there were seventeen cords altogether, which was crazy. And you know, we went in, and she said, "Are there any cords you want to cut?" So I named the person to check if there are any cord attachments, and of course there were on all the people. And cords can be both ways; it could be that person cording you, you cording them, or you both cording each other. With these particular people, they had all corded me, and. I suspected something was a bit funky because I haven't been completely myself the last couple of weeks, I've been quite tired, Um, I've just been in a, you know, not myself, not my motivated, creative, um, bouncing off the walls, me and since i've had this treatment with jane i'm back to my old self so something has definitely shifted we've cut those cords we've cleared it and the cords are obviously the negative attachments and the energy that uh, that person has sent to you so that person can just think of you think ill thoughts of you and cord you so they're not good you don't want to be corded to anyone else you want to be operating in your optimum own aura your own energy you don't want other people's energy Attached to yours because that person's energy that is attached to yours Think of that person and how many people they are accorded to and their energies And you just don't know where people go and what they do and who they talk to and that sort of thing So it's very important to keep your own little energy bubble your aura clean And that's why it's so important to do chakra clearing Reiki which I do regularly I've got quite a few clients that come to me now Which is really good and it shifts them and I can see the changes in them So, since I had this treatment with Jen last Wednesday, we broke down 4 heart walls, uh, cut 17 cords in total and I think there were 73 imbalances, which is crazy, that's the most I've had in one session. Um, I've definitely felt a shift in myself and the crazy thing is, is the people that have been coming out the woodwork and messaging me since that session with Jen. Uh, I've had guys from 10 years ago, 15 years ago, that have now messaged me in my DMs and checking in to see how I am or, you know, declaring their long dying love for me and all this crazy stuff and I didn't even know they were even thought of me that way. So it's just, it's been very interesting how clearing my own heart wall, cutting the cords, clearing my energy and doing all that work and shifting myself has attracted other people into my life. And I mean it's quite—it's my favorite sort of analogy is about the lighthouse and you know when I first got into Reiki and dived into it and I was just obsessed with it. I just wanted to do Reiki on everyone and I thought everyone should know about it and I spoke to my Reiki teacher and I said well how, you know, I feel like I'm annoying people by wanting to just offer them Reiki and I mean this is going back to when I was 28 this was I think 2008 where Reiki wasn't even fucking heard of. I was living in Ireland I think there was one yoga studio that I used to go to and people thought I was mad doing yoga. They didn't know what yoga was. They didn't know what Reiki was. I've been collecting crystals since I was a child. My mom used to be into them. And I remember having my crystals in Ireland back then and that was, so I moved to Ireland in 2002 and I left in 2009 and I always had crystals. And my friends laughed at me they thought like why are you collecting these rocks there was one esoteric store in dublin at the time i have no idea how many there are now irish friends please dm me or message me drop a, a note down below and let me know i'd love to know how many esoteric stores there are but i remember there being one store that sold all this quirky stuff and um So now luckily the collective consciousness of the world has shifted and the frequency has risen and people are a lot more aware thanks to social media which has its perks in the sense that we can spread the word and share our knowledge. Oh the lighthouse example sorry completely that's the ADHD in me. So I had asked my Reiki teacher back then about you know Reiki and I got frustrated and i wanted to share my reiki knowledge and this magic that i had within me that i could do to help people with everyone but people just weren't interested they weren't listening they thought i was crazy i collected rocks didn't know what reiki was anyway and my reiki teacher had said to me back then she said just be the lighthouse just shine your light and be the lighthouse and when people need you they will see your light and they will come to you and they will ask how are you shining? How did you get that light? So that's what I've been doing. And I can really see that with this recent session that I had with Jen how people from around the world, globally, are getting into my DMs now and they are commenting on my behavior, on my growth, on my resilience, on how far I've come, asking me what I do, how I'm doing it, you know. All the, all the questions which is wonderful and it makes me so happy to see that the work that Jen is doing on me and I'm doing on myself because obviously it's my energy work that I'm clearing I've committed to doing this work on myself through rituals through Reiki through my crystals through meditation through breath work through my ceremonies and plant medicine how it's definitely shifting something in me and people are seeing it and now people are coming to me and asking me what am I doing? How am I doing it differently? And, and acknowledging the change that they see in me, which is great. So that's where I'm going back to now the test tube example, where they took the tissue out of the person, did the healing on the person, went back to the DNA in the test tube, and saw the changes that had happened in the DNA, which was out of the person's body. So with rituals and intentions and all that stuff, we know that when we change something within ourselves, we're clearing the karma forward and backwards. Our ancestors, generations before us, our parents and then forward and the people that we, that we share our space with. So before we come here in this lifetime, when we are out there in the astral, we put together a plan for ourselves, what we want to come down and experience and to clear for our whole family lineage, for our family line. So we come down to this earth school, we put on this meat suit, and we go and we've got certain things that we have to do, but we've also got free will. But we do have certain things that are predestined. These are the contracts between other people and other souls. So we come down here, we get to like play it out like a cosmic play. So through all this energy work and this clearing and the emotion and body code and meditation, breath work, reiki, all that sort of work that we do on ourselves when we are doing the spiritual work on our spiritual bodies, we are clearing karma. We are clearing the gunk from the past, from our ancestors and if we don't clear that, then we have to go through the lessons again. And we keep going through those lessons. As I said, it's like a cosmic play. We get a chance to do the learning and to clear that and to transform something. And it's always about coming back to a place of love. Always. It's always about love. And if we don't, if we don't come back to that place of love, if we don't clear that karma, then we get another chance next time. So when I'm having a shit day or hard time or going through trauma or whatever dramas and traumas I go through, I bring myself, I centre myself and I then try and remember that nobody forced me to come here to be human, that I chose to come here, that I wanted to come here and that it's a privilege to be here. And then I keep telling myself and I remember that I have scripted this whole thing that we have scripted the whole thing from our astral contract. We scripted the challenges, we scripted the main themes, we scripted what is called the essential event, which is like your original trauma. We all do. This is what I feel that the journey is for us as humans, that there is a moment in time before the age of seven when these patterns that we want to learn from come in. And that's known as the essential event because it's absolutely essential In you being able to fulfill your mission here in this lifetime so it's between you and another person and there's a situation and it could be a father slapping you it could be a child in school uh, bullying you or it could be you know for someone being molested but if there is that moment it was the first original heartbreak the first really big betrayal and our consciousness fragments And that's when your ego gets formed. So your ego is usually formed before the age of seven. And that's when all your karmic patterns come in. And there's certain templates of patterns. There's certain number of them that come in. And then there are different flavors of lessons and things that we want to learn. And so then we replay the instance over and over and over again. It's very easy to be distracted here as a human. It's like, Oh, this food is delicious. Oh my God, that wine is so good. And then, of course, you've got your cell phone and then you've got, you know, things to do on Facebook and shopping on Amazon and all that kind of stuff. That's all a total distraction. When you sit and you realize that you have scripted your entire life, that you signed this contract, that you plan to do all these things. That's when you realize that you would never script anything that you can't overcome. None of us would do that to ourselves. So then you look at it differently and you think, oh, I scripted this. I'm the director in my own cosmic play. Therefore, I am capable of overcoming this. I know this. I know myself. I gave myself something that I can rock, right? And then all of a sudden you're like, oh, we're here playing this game. Let's play big. When you decide to play big, you give yourself the power to completely transcend all of this, all the traumas, the dramas, the bullshit, the heartbreaks. You are able to transcend it. And then when you learn about that and you figure out how you can transcend it through all the spiritual work, this healing work, the ceremonies, the rituals, so when you realize that you're part of this cosmic play and you can play play big and then you start to transcend really really fast and then all of the things that i learned in my childhood being in this living mind you start to decode all of these different sort of templates and ways of being in the world and you and processes to learn them to help yourself get out of the things really fast and so now i'm literally a different person every week I transcend at a very fast pace and the people that are close to me they're usually in awe and that's why I've got people messaging me in my DMs asking me what do you do how do you do this how are you living this what have you done you are so resilient how did you overcome this asking me the questions now I'm being the lighthouse well I've always been the lighthouse but now my light is shining and people are able to come to me I don't need to be preachy about it just be the lighthouse and people eventually come to you But it all involves doing the work on yourself. It's very important to do the work on yourself. It's not just gonna magically happen. And part of our spiritual beings coming down in this meat suit and being this human and going through these traumas and dramas are to learn the lessons and to learn how to transcend and how to do the work on ourselves. Some people in this lifetime, in this body, and they're human, don't want to do it. They haven't figured that stuff out yet. So when they go and they come back another time around, They will have to do the work then eventually hopefully until they figure it out but with the rise of the collective consciousness and the rise in frequency and thankfully social media spreading the word and giving the people and showing the people the tools and at the moment there's so many light workers being the lighthouse showing people their transformation and how they've overcome their demons and their traumas and all their pain points now luckily more people are searching for that are seeing that are noticing the changes in the people and they are wanting to change within themselves and with that change comes ritual so it's very important to acknowledge that you need to change if you need to change and start a daily ritual for yourself you if if this is completely new to you might not you might not want to do a daily ritual start with a monthly ritual a full moon ritual or new moon ritual if and then you know develop that and go to a weekly ritual and if you like me you can do a daily ritual but as I said a ritual could be anything it could be making your smoothie sitting down in the morning drinking your smoothie sitting in silence sitting in awareness appreciating that smoothie and then thinking of your intentions, thinking of your affirmations and and going from there. You don't necessarily have to sit in a meditation for an hour in silence to, you know, that's not, that is a ritual, but that doesn't have to be your ritual. Do what works for you. A lot of people do this through medicine, but you can also get it in many different ways. You can do holotrophic breathing, breath work. You can go for a workout or you can do plant medicine. Rituals look different for everyone. Meditation is a really big one, we all know that. That shifts our consciousness faster than just about anything else. For me, breathwork is a biggie, it's number one. I shifted so many traumas through breathwork when I was in Bali. Ayahuasca is really big right now. It's obviously making its waves across the world and shifting consciousness really fast. And then there's other plant medicines like peyote, huachuma. Uh, Sananga. But, you know, I think a lot of people that aren't into spirituality and esotericism, they hear plant medicine and they just automatically think hallucinogenics like uh, ayahuasca. And ayahuasca is not, that's not the purpose. It's not recreational. It's not shrooms and it's not acid. It's a spiritual medicine for the soul. I've spoken about this many times before, but there are other plant medicines like cacao a cup of cacao you can start with that every morning or every evening or rose the beauty like rose is a plant medicine and you can put your rose essential oils i know essential oils are also making their their way across with like doTERRA the brand and people are buying essential oils and using them but i don't think many people are understanding the sacredness of those essential oils But those essential oils are plant medicine if it's a flower a herb, if it grows in the soil, in the earth, it's a plant medicine. And there are so many beautiful benefits with the tools of plant medicine like peyote, San Pedro, Huachuma and of course ayahuasca. But then there's also a lot of people that are abusing these tools, these beautiful ancient tools. I know people are sitting in studio apartments in London doing ayahuasca recreationally on a Friday night. That is not what it's about. There's a lot of people serving all kinds of plant medicine right now as well. And one of the things I heard was that you don't actually drink the medicine, you drink the cook. So the person who prepared the medicine and whatever ancestor lineage they are working with is really, really important to know before you sit. And I'm not talking about cacao. Or the beauty of rose oil i'm talking about ayahuasca here and peyote huachuma the real deep uh, stronger plant medicines um, so it's very very important to know the lineage and the person who's prepared that how it was made where it was made if it's made bought off amazon and, and prepared in someone's kitchen in london bridge then then I would highly suggest you don't drink it. Remember that. when You don't actually drink the medicine. You're drinking the cook. So also use your discernment when you ta- of who you're taking the medicine with. Really listen to your intuition. And if you have something that says, mm, maybe I'm not sh- totally sure, I'm not safe. If you've got any doubts, then listen to that intuition. Don't do it. Every single time I have sat in ceremony with ayahuasca, I have completely interrogated, investigated, and researched the shaman that I'm about to sit with before I sit with them. I ask a million questions. I want to know where the medicines come from um, and also their path and how that medicine got to where I'm about to sit in ceremony. I would never just book something online and go off and do it. I. It's very important to do your research and muscle test it. Ask yourself, you know, in the usual muscle testing ways, Is this person legit? Um, Am I going to get something out of this? Uh, Just use your intuition and your discernment before you sit and do any sort of plant medicine ritual. Very important. So, if someone just picks up the medicine and they want to pour it for you, you don't know what spirits and what energies they are working with and what kind of protection you have. So, when you're using these medicines, you're opening up. Portals, literal portals to other realms. And you're leaving yourself wide open to all kinds of energies coming in and affecting you in a lot of different ways. So that's when we see people having psych- psychotic breakdowns or b- people dying because they go off to Peru and there's a sign on a door in Lima that says, ayahuasca on a Friday night, and they go in and they do it. You've got to be very careful. The authentic voice is our personal truth, our soul's voice, our soul's truth. There's a place deep within all of us that we know what's right for us and what we love and what we have an affinity for. And when we have the courage to speak that and stand in it, then that to me is your authentic voice. It's so important to live from your authentic voice. When you're living from your authentic voice, you're either doing things that are leading you towards your authentic voice or veering you away from it. And that's alignment. When you are living in your authentic voice, you're doing things in alignment, even if it doesn't make logical sense your soul says this is the way and your soul also knows when to veer off and when it does it means pain trauma and hardship and it might seem like the easy way but when we come back to our authentic voice and really have the courage to fully stand in then that's when life gets easier and there is more flow and that's when we can really fulfill our sacred purpose in this lifetime. The repercussions of not being in alignment are huge and painful and not worth it. I always say, if you don't know where you're going, you'll probably never get there. 80% of people don't even know what they want. And so really, sitting every day in ritual and listening and praying and getting clear about who you are and what you stand for is so important. And for example, just today, ask yourself, what are my obligations to stay in alignment with my soul today? And then recommitting to that every day. And it comes down to everything you eat, everything you speak, everything you wear. Every choice you make is either in alignment with that intention or completely off. And you will know when you're not in alignment and when it feels off. You will feel that dissonance. And now wellness is a stream of consciousness that you're either in alignment with or you veered away from. And what I've realized over the years through seeing people with illnesses and going through numerous deaths and loss, I've realized that underneath every disease or physical ailment is a spiritual cause. And if you can get to that cause, then often the physical ailments remedy themselves. And so finding somebody that can decode you, not just the physical part, but the spiritual part of you is very important. And you need to figure out what is, a tri- what is that physical disease or ailment trying to teach you? What is the lesson? And when you hear or see that lesson and figure that out, ask yourself, why did I script this for myself? That's now one of my favorite questions is, why did I script this for myself? Why did I put this in my play, in my cosmic play? The disease, the discomfort, the trauma, the drama, the breakups, everything. And just like we do a physical cleanse for our body, it's so important to do a soul cleanse. And that's whether you're doing medicine work through ayahuasca and the plant medicines, or energy work through Reiki, through the emotion and body code, the heart wall treatments, Those are all soul work modalities that you can do, where you can go deep within your psyche to find your blind spots. And that way you can get to the root cause and then the physical ailments remedy themselves. So, If you feel out of alignment and you're feeling that things are not going well for you at the moment, whether you've got a physical ailment or disease, or you've gone through a breakup, or you just feel like everything keeps going wrong for you, you can't hold the job or people keep breaking up with you or you can't find your love, your, you know, your soulmate, you need to, that's when, that's the alarm bell for you to go within and ask yourself those questions. Ask yourself, why have I scripted this? What has happened? Why am I going through this? There's got to be a lesson. Then go deeper, look for that lesson. And once you get to that lesson, then you can clear it and that's when you transcend and that's when you become back in alignment with yourself and that's when things start flowing smoothly and people come out the woodwork and you start attracting love and you find your soulmate and you attract the perfect clients and that's when life just flows smoothly downstream and to get to that place where you can sit in that space and ask yourself that question why did I script this what is the lesson? What have I come here in this lifetime in this meat suit to learn? And to get to that space, that is sitting in ritual. And as I said before, ritual can look like anything. Your ritual can be a Reiki session, your ritual can be going for a massage, your ritual can be sitting on the beach having a sun, watching the sunset, your ritual could be in meditation every morning, a cup of a cow every evening before you go to bed, a smoothie in the morning, your gratitude lapse, writing in your journal, those are all rituals. The importance of ritual is to bring you to a place of stillness and awareness where you can focus and be in complete consciousness of your thoughts and that's when you ask the questions and you should be lucky enough to hear the answers. But it's very important to do the work on yourself. You need to do the spiritual workout to get an alignment to transcend to the next level. And once you realize that you are the director of this beautiful cosmic play in this lifetime, life just gets so much better. There is no separation between us and what it is we desire the most. It is all here right now in this exact moment. The happiness, the love, the wealth, peace, financial freedom and health. It is here waiting for you. Waiting for you to connect and align with its fullest expression. This podcast is about navigating that fullest expression, going from who it is you are right now and creating the space for who it is you wish to become. It's about giving you the inspiration, the tools, the guidance and to sow the seeds of awareness so that together we can expand consciousness. You are capable of anything. Every intention can manifest into your wildest dreams. And I'm here to show you how that is possible. You are so loved, you are so supported, trust in the process, intend to feel good, and that goodness will become your life. And don't forget, miracles are everywhere. So stay up to date on my most recent episodes. Be sure to hit the subscribe button so that you can get notified every time I post a new episode. And please leave me a review. It helps me connect with my audience. For more inspiration, head over to my portal at musasmokaba.com